Hey everyone, thanks for finding the Successful Mind Podcast. Today we're going to talk about the terror barrier. It's pretty appropriate because we're getting close to Halloween. Come on in and see how you could move your life forward by getting rid of the fear that stops you. <laughs> You're listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. Successful people learn how to make their minds work for them. We are Life Is Now, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. This weekend, I was remembering a story that you shared with me, actually you share with our audiences a couple times about the percentage of people that actually do something with the knowledge that they have. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, you know, you were talking about when you went to an event uh, with Tony Robbins yeah, and you had asked him like about what percentage of people actually do something with the information that, that you're giving to them to actually make some big changes in their life. And his answer kind of shocked you a little bit. It floored me. It absolutely floored me. It um, uh, it was an interest. It was an interesting s- scenario because I was I had just started going to events, and I got an opportunity to be part of his uh, team, his volunteer team. And was this like in the nineties? This is in the nineties. Okay. Yeah, this is right. early nineties. So yeah. Yeah. Early on. Re- very. Yeah. Really early on. Um, and I was having a conversation with him, and I asked him, I said, how many people actually? Like, and actually, I wasn't even actually asking it that serious. Like, I re- <laughs> and I think back to this, right? I'm, I'm like, how many people, you know, like kind of just like a, um, almost like a nervous, I don't know what to, what to, to say. have a conversation, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, how many people actually take this information and do something with it significant in their life? And the reason that I asked the question was because I was seeing people come back to events, the same event now, right? So it was that kind of thing, like go to the event, master what you're doing, right? Grow from each one. And there was a core group of us. And we see this in our events, right? People get into little clicks, right? So there's little clicks of people and we're like holding each other accountable. And we're so, I mean, we were so excited back then. Everything was new. Everything was possible. We were young, full of energy. It was a good click. Good click. Good (laughs) click of people. Good click of people. Um, And we were, we were literally making progress, right? It was, and, and it was so energizing. Like I can't describe the amount of energy that was in there, but do you also see people that would go from event to event and not do anything? And so I asked this question and when he he said to me that 80% or higher never do anything and it, and he emphasized the higher part I was like I I didn't know I actually started to have a little bit of doubt like what does that mean for me I internalized it at the <laughs> like, time like am I oh part man. of this 80% <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's going on here um but no, that's what he, that's what he said. He was like 80% or higher. And 
I was floored. Uh, now, part of the reason I was floored, like I'm just going to openly be honest here, I was still dealing with a lot of people in my personal life going, you're an absolute idiot for spending this much money going to these events, right? They're, you're never going to do it. You know, it's not going to do anything. They're the only ones that make money. They're scams. There's nothing to them. When I, and I just didn't believe it because I saw myself progressing. You know, I saw, I saw results. They weren't huge results, but they were huge for me at yeah. the time. I mean, yeah. it was better. It would, they were definite. I mean, I went from, from being bankrupt, having my car repossessed, being on food stamps, living in a nasty neighborhood to plussing my income three times and living in a decent neighborhood and owning my own home and owning a boat. So, I mean, that's pro that was progress. That was, and I that was, was significant progress. Significant. I was a high yes. school dropout. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I, I don't know everything about the direction that I'm going, but I know that this is working. But anyway, I was still, I still had some doubt running around in my mind and it scared me when he said that to me, it scared the hell out of me because I so much did not want to be part of that group. I did not want to be part of that 80%. And he didn't indicate that I was or, or anything right. like that. I mean, he didn't right. know me. It was just part of the crew that was one around hanging out name badges and stuff. Right. So, um, but we got a little extra attention and it was fun and it was, it was, it was encouraging, but it was also scary as hell. Eight, over 80% never come to these events, yeah. come to professional development, personal development events, and never do anything yeah. with it. So I brought that story up because I want to talk about why. Because these are people that are investing time and money to attend events, to invest in themselves, right? right? You and I both have invested hundreds of thousands of dollars oh, in our, millions in our own, yeah, yeah, in our own growth. Yeah. Um, we know people who have invested because, I mean, you've got to leverage other people, their experience to be able to grow and to be able to see what you can't see for yourself because you right. just, sometimes you just can't see what you can't see for yourself, right? And when you told that story, and it was just actually, you know, two weeks ago that I heard the story again, and I've heard the story many, many times, and we've done research on it. It's It's all accurate, right? And you even look at you know, how many businesses succeed and fail in the first five years. And mm. it's it's really kind of sad how many businesses start and fail within their first five years. 80% is the number. Yeah. So it's so it correlates, right? Yeah. And then you start to ask yourself, why? If these people have have the awareness to step out and invest, like I said, invest time and money in going to these things and learning and they're taking notes and they're in the energy and they're excited, what happens that causes them to not move forward? And in my mind, it's the terror barrier. I agree with you. So I want to spend a little bit of time really kind of pulling this apart so people can understand how this happens to other people, but most importantly, how this happens to them because the terror barrier is real for everyone. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, I've been doing this a long time now and I watch our audiences. Um, I can tell the people in the audience that aren't going to do anything. Like you can just see it in their face. There is a want to, but they're so, they're so stuck in whatever their personal situation is that the, I actually think it gets worse during, during a seminar, to be honest with you. I think the more I talk or the more you talk, 
and we talk about how to break out of it and how to do all these different things and, you know, head in that direction. I think it actually gets worse for them day by day as they're sitting in that seminar because they are scared to death to do whatever it is that's necessary to overcome that, whether it's money. I mean, look, here's what it is. It's money or it's relationship, mm -hmm. right? Or it's some other commitment that they've got in their life, like time or a job or some, something like that. It's always those three things. It's always those three things. And they know they're sitting there and they're listening to somebody talk and they're thinking to themselves, I can't go home and do this. I, I don't have the, I can't go home and spend this money or I can't go home and tell my spouse that I'm going to do this or I can't go home and quit my, I can't go home and quit my job. And the, another thing that they do, they have is they know, a lot of them know where they stop, right? A lot of them know, like, I know I'll never, I'll never do that. I'll just, I mean, how many times have we seen people actually, actually admit, and I got to give them credit for this, yeah. actually admit, I won't do the work. Oh, yeah. Right? I won't, I just plum won't do the work. It's pretty self-aware, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, okay, well, yeah. at least you know that because you could make a little bit more of an educated decision if you know that you know that you're not going to follow through. Right. And okay. Like, so you got to find something else for yourself, for your life. I think it's unfortunate because I think that they can. I think that, that those are skills that can be developed because all this shit starts in our childhood, right? These are, this is all nonsense that we get lodged in our mind and it scares the hell out of us when the rubber meets the road. You know, when I first, I'll tell you what, when I first, you know the story that I tell when I, when I say I was sitting, I was standing at the kitchen window with a cup of coffee and I was talking to my ex-wife and the boat was Saw out the there. Boat out the window. Yeah. That wasn't the only thing that was going through my mind. I knew based on the conversation that I was having that the marriage wasn't going to make it. I knew that back then in 1993 yeah. because I could see the look in her eye. I could see, I could see the, the idea of. Like she wanted, to, she was trying, she was trying to support me, but I don't think she believed in it at all at where, where this could possibly go. And knowing her as many years as I knew her, um, and the background that she came from, it was kind of like, I know that someday I'm going to have to, this is going to be something I have to deal with. And I tried for a, the longest time not to have to, I mean, I tried to actually make it work. I, I did everything that I could to try to make it work. And even when I worked with Proctor, he's like, you have to deal with this. And I was so scared, Steph, to, to do that. Like it, everything, because part of my vision about having, being successful was not doing what my parents did, which was get a divorce. Yeah. Right. So mm -hmm. that was like, I don't want to go through that. I don't want to put my kids through that. That was a horrific time for my brother and I Yeah. back then. I didn't want to put my kids through that. And I just knew inside, like, you know, we were two rebellious kids looking to get out of a bad situation. And that was the, that was the con contextualization of our love for each other, which was great for that moment in time, but it was not for uh, eternity or, con you know, this continued growth thing. So that was my, that was my, that was my terror barrier. Every single time I had to come home and say, I went to an, I'm going to another one. I'm going to another one. I'm going to another one. And it just was. Like I could even now telling the story, I could feel it in my, in my gut. Waiting for the now. rubber band to yes. snap. Oh, it, because you knew that it was an argument. You knew that you had to fight for it every second of the way. And on top of that, you had to get better at what it is that you were trying to do. So it was a bitch. It was a real bitch. It's a lot of responsibility. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, we hear that a lot. Like 
oh, I can't do that because I know my spouse is not going to be supportive. You know, I know it's going to it's going to rock the boat. We're going to make waves. It might it might uh, threaten. Yeah, it might threaten the relationship in its entirety. But your terror barrier was was relationship based. Right. You know, and and what I didn't know then was that it had nothing to do with about being supportive or not. It was there's two different destinations here. There's her destination, which is for her life, and there's mine. Mm -hmm. But I think that both of us were coming from this place like we got to figure out a way to make this work. So then now it became combative. You know, in order to make it work, we have to give, right? In order, so so we're just ripping each other apart at a soul level instead of going, you know what? This is what I want to do. You want to do something else. Let's just go our, our own way. That was unheard of back then. I mean, you just didn't do it. Right. Yeah, you didn't. You, yeah, you, you certainly didn't do it. And knowing what you were knowing, knowing what you know and having the background that you had, yeah, I could see how that would be. That, that would be scary. full of, of terror for you. It was scary. And truth be told, it, co- it would cause me to grow in another area that I wasn't ready to grow in yet because I was using her for a mother figure. Interesting. And she was using me as a father figure. Right. So we both had issues in our own upbringing. Mm-hmm. She had issues with her dad. I had issues. Well, she had issues with everything, but so did I. But, it, but really <laughs> it was, I'm looking for a mom to love me. She's looking for a dad to accept her type of a situation. We don't know that that's what we're doing at the time, no. but that's a completely different set of growth that you have to go through. And all I'm focused on is the achievement part, right? Like I just want to get better at what I'm doing. I want to climb that scale at work. I want to break out and start my own company. All this other stuff, I like. I was pushing it to the side. Like everything else had to be pushed to the side because I could only deal with this one thing. Was the narrative running in your mind? If I can just make enough money, then everything will be okay. For a long time, for a long time, I thought that would be true because I actually thought that she was afraid of us going broke again. Like this scared her. I've never seen anybody that scared of money, uh, before or since. And I thought, okay, if we could just get to this certain point, everything's going to be fine. But to my amazement, the more I made, the, the scarier it got. it got. Yeah. I mean, we got to the point where we had a million dollars in the bank cash that free and cleared, like mm-hmm. didn't know taxes on it. Like this is our nut. Right. Mm-hmm. And she still wanted to shop at the save and go, right. Or whatever the, you know, Aldi or whatever it was at the, at the time. And yeah. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I, I don't even want to walk in that place. We don't need to buy 10 pounds of chicken breasts, <laughs> you know, on sale, you know, <laughs> and bulk toilet paper and bulk yeah. Kleenex and, yeah. you know, and she would insist and insist. And I'm like, I'm not going, I'm not going. I started to had to draw these lines and eventually it was with where we were living. I'm like, I'm not living here anymore. I'm just not. I'm moving. If you want to come, come. If you're not, then go do whatever you want to do. But I'm not staying here. It, it got it got that um, argumentative. That uh, and I got that defensive about it. But yes, to answer your question, there was this there was this thing in my mind. If I could just get to this place financially, it would get better. And that place did not exist. It didn't. And I was shocked because I didn't know what to do with it at that point. Yeah. So let's let's rewind a minute and talk about the terror barrier because this shows up this shows up for every every entrepreneur on a path to growth. I mean, growth is littered with 
terror barriers, right? Ter- um, you know, new new level, new devil. Yeah. Right. Every time you you overcome one slice of adversity, there's another slice of adversity because that's what's required for you to grow into the person that you need to be to achieve the things that you want to achieve. Right. So let's talk about this terror barrier phenomenon. How does this work? In your mind, like this is this, the terror barrier is from your subconscious mind. Yeah. So the idea is this, then it's funny because I don't know if it was Bob that named it the terror barrier. I think, I think it was, I think it was, he named it It was, it had to either be him or Val. Um, but I've never found it anywhere else, but I do think, I think, I do think it was Proctor that named it. And, but the idea behind it is that your subconscious mind thinks it's protecting you. It, Everybody's terror barrier develops in, at a very early age. Probably the culmination of it starts to come together within the first 12 months because we are 100% reliant upon our parents to stay alive. We will die without them. And we don't have, we don't have like any language or anything, right. right? So we have to start figuring out how to communicate with mom and dad in order to get our needs met. There's no consciousness around this for a baby because consciousness doesn't start to, to grow until seven. So this is all subconscious pattern recognition. And the baby will do different things, and it either gets a response from mom and dad or it doesn't. And it will keep adjusting that in order till it gets a more consistent, more consistent, more consistent response. If there's any break in that consistency, then it starts to develop alternate patterns, right? Like what is it going to do when mom doesn't respond? You know, what is it going to do when it doesn't get its need, need met? And the, and the idea is that the subconscious is going to find a way because that's how the baby has to survive. Mm-hmm. So that's what it does. The thing is, is that what happens in nature is so different than what happens in our life because nature takes those, those baby animals and grows them to the point of independence. And, and then they insist on like the, the parents insist it's on forced, that independence. They're right? forced. Like, they're forced. It's like that moose movie I talk about, yes. right? The ghost moose ghost in moose, Alberta. Yes. yes. I mean, I know that it's about something else, but there's it follows this mother with a with a baby moose for a year. And then when she goes into estrus, when it's time for her to mate again, it doesn't matter what the state this yearling is in, she runs it off and she continues to run it off until it stops coming back. She taught it everything that it needs to then grow into its own mature adulthood from that point. But with human beings, we don't do that. We pass along our insecurities and our terror barrier and what we think we can't do to our children as a way that we think that we're protecting them. Right. And we actually make them less effective than we are to some degree. So they start to go out into their world and they're not actually prepared to overcome adversity the way that we're designed to do because we have an incredible design to overcome adversity. My God, we have an intellect. We have the ability yeah. to consciously think problems right. through and through. It's not where an animal, you know, they have to fight, flight, uh, fight or, or flight. That's their only choice, it, really, yeah. you know. Um, so anyway, this, this is in, there is this, there is this blank space inside of these human beings where they don't, the subconscious mind does not have a pattern to deal with anything that's unknown. So it tries to keep the human being within the pattern recognition of what they, what it already knows. So every time this human being, now at the same time, we also have, um, um, we also have a, um, it's a word I want to use. 
like a, an internal guidance that is causing us to want to go out and have new experiences, right? It, it gets us to pay attention to things. There's like a drive that is within us to do that. And as we step out beyond the unknown, the subconscious mind is going to do things to try to stop us if it doesn't know how to deal with whatever that unknown. That's where the terror barrier comes in. Because it gets us to focus on things that says, oh, we can't do that. See, the, the craziest thing that I discovered about this was that it's not like the subconscious mind reaches out and grabs you by the neck and stops you. It gets you to agree with whatever the problem is so that you believe that you can't move forward. People quit. You know, like the 80% of people in businesses that, that fail or yes. the 80% that go to seminars and don't do anything with it. They convince themselves that they can't because their subconscious mind is constantly telling them how to think about the situation that they're in, and it points them to the different problems, and then they justify the reason that they can't do it. So the people actually agree with the reason that they stop. It's not like they're fighting against it. They actually get into agreement with it, and then once that happens, it's, it's done. The subconscious mind won. And this shows up. Oh my gosh, everywhere an entrepreneur needs to grow. I mean, we see this when, you know, especially in team building, when it's clear that you've got to start delegating because you literally can't grow oh, totally. until you start delegating. You could even have hired the person and people still won't delegate to the people that they've hired right? because they're at the terror barrier. Like yep. if I delegate, if I lose control of this, something terrible is going to happen. And they have all different types of excuses in their brain as to why that is. Oh, someone's let me down in the past, or no one can do it as good as I can, or, you know, they may harm the reputation of the business, or like, and those thoughts, that, that like crack of a door to doubt, just, it's, it's paralysis. It's absolutely. Or, or I'm, I'm not a good person if I can't do it myself. What's the matter with oh, me if yes. I can't do it? My, like the shame and guilt they bring on because they can't seem to do everything that needs to be done, and yet their intellect is not going, wait a minute, if you have to do everything, you can't scale this business. You've got to hire people that are better than you in, in those, I was like, no way, can't do that. Something's wrong with me if I do that. And they terrify themselves from the inside out. I think the most insidious part of this is that it, it, your subconscious mind uses your emotions to achieve the to achieve the standing still, mm -hmm. right? Like a lot of people think, a lot of people are feelers. I'm a feeler, right? So oh, I I feel a lot of things. I speak and feel speak. Like oh, I feel this today, or oh, I feel this today, right? Yeah. A lot of people are like that. But when you're at a terror barrier, you think that your emotions are telling you what to do. You think you can trust your emotions, right? But when you're at the terror barrier, you can't trust your emotions because they're based in past programming, right? Yes? Yes, correct. And at the same time, it seems like the logical choice. That's the crazy part about it. It actually seems like the logical choice, right? Well, I'll give you, for instance, I'll talk about my situation. Yeah, yeah. So as I, as there's various different times, so I had to pay for all this stuff, didn't, weren't, wasn't making any extra money, had to charge it, um, didn't know when I was going to get to the point where I could make extra money, but I knew that I had to go in order to get to that point. So it's like a catch twenty two. You're talking about these events, the yeah. like like growth events that you correct were about to yeah all yeah yeah stuff. absolutely okay yeah. So so I'm doing this, and my mind is messing with me, 
like, oh, you're going to charge this again? You're going to go further in the debt? Having conversations with people that I'm in partnership with? How much more debt are we going to go into? When are you going to start making money? And it's like the obvious answer is I'll start making money as soon as I get to the point where I've learned enough to be able to do that. It's not something that you can just start from zero. Right. You don't give an infant a, you know, the keys to a company and say, run it. You know, I mean, you have to learn certain things to be able to do it. And the, one of the things that business owners don't realize is they're learning how to be confident. They're learning how to be, believe in themselves yes. first, right? When we go to, you know, when, we, when we're growing up and we go to uh, work, we get a little bit of confidence. We get a little bit of responsibility. But it's not any cl- anything close that what you need in order to start your own company because you have to be responsible for everything in the in the beginning. Oh yes, and you have to live up to that responsibility. So I have to learn skills to do that. I have to learn how to believe in myself. I have to learn how to overcome fear. I have to learn to have conversations and sell and manage money and you know set up whatever it is needs to be set up. I have to be able to think on my feet. What am I going to do when I run out of leads, which happens constantly in the beginning? Yep. Where am I going to get more leads? I did, it's, you know, I had a, um, an agreement uh, with my ex that I would make our monthly nut, which was $5,000, and never go below that, or I would go back to work. So it wasn't, oh, well, we're out of leads this month, you know, we'll wait till next month. <laughs> no, I had to figure out who to call, who to ask, how do I get a referral? Can I go speak someplace else? I would, and I mean, a tremendous amount of cold calling back in the day in order to find anything and make sure that I hit that 5,000. Then I had to figure out how to get beyond that. And at the same time, my marriage is on the rocks. And my mind is going, is this worth it? Is this worth it? Is this worth it? Are you actually hurting the kids? Are you, you know, should you give this up? Like my mind is going bananas over this. Uh, And I, and of, of course, I mean, we've worked with so many people um, over the last couple of decades. We've seen every one of them go through the same thing. Mm -hmm. You have to learn to master that terror barrier if you're going to move forward because it is locked in the past that you're actually moving away from. And then, I mean, you and I have talked about value conflicts before. Oh, yes. Those come in immediately because starting a business has a different set of values than it does working for somebody else. Yes. Right? So the idea is that it's very real. It is extremely seductive. Proctor said to me one time, um, we were having a, an in-person conversation, and he said to me, um, he said, the subconscious mind is insidious and hell, as hell, and don't forget it. <laughs> and I, had no, I heard what he said. I know what I experienced to that point, and it wasn't even close to what I was yet going to experience. And I had to, like, that has been top of mind for me. Anytime that I see myself maybe self-sabotaging, the subconscious mind is insidious in hell. How is it, how is it grabbing you and convincing you that this is actually a good idea? And sometimes I don't catch it. Sometimes I've made mistakes where I didn't catch it. I, yeah. I thought I was actually doing the right thing because my subconscious mind convinced me that I was. And that's not a blame thing. That is really understanding how to think through something without your subconscious mind going, no, don't do that, do this. And actually safety is behind the, the idea. You know, really when you think about it, the subconscious mind is an ingenious um, uh, growth or 
whatever you want to call it, from evolution or, or from spirituality, because it is designed to keep the human being alive long enough to be able to reproduce, to move that gene pool forward. And it's almost impossible to overthrow it, right? It is going to succeed over and over and over and over again. I mean, that's how we have almost 8 billion people on the planet and so many stupid people. We have a lot of people that do stupid things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, so the idea is that once you know about it and you begin to unravel your own sabotage pattern, you can start to see it, which gives you an advantage over it because you're never going to beat it head on. You have to learn to trick your subconscious mind so that you can continue to move forward. Yeah. That's why it's such the basis of the, the very initial work that we do with our private clients yeah. is we, we very clearly map out, this is how your subconscious is working to keep you safe so that even that little bit of awareness, you know, right. they, we can draw back on like, this is, this is this in, in motion. Stop for a second, take a step outside yep. of it and look at what's happening because David, you are so right when you, when, well, you or Proctor, whoever said the subconscious is insidious as hell, because it can, it can, it can clothe itself in so many different things that cause you to think that you're actually doing the right thing and you're doing the opposite of the right thing for the growth of your right. business. You think you're doing the responsible thing. That's right. You think you're, redu you're doing the kind thing. You think you're doing like the good thing, but it's actually sabotaging your success and slowing yes. you down. Yes. And they could be the, the two different things can be so similar. It's hard to tell the difference because I think that it hijacks you emotionally. And once it hijacks you emotionally, you see through that emotion and that emotion is usually that is, is usually tied to your past experience. And very often it's tied to some kind of pain. So you see through it and it's like, well, I don't, you know, I don't want to do that. It, especially when it comes to the money. How, yeah. how much of our upbringing is all about being frugal, don't spend more than you need, don't want more than you need, um, don't get yourself in debt, don't do all these things. Now, here's, there's one, debt, right? We, we have people come to us with unbelievable shame around the idea of debt. And then we say, okay, you're going to go into debt for a little bit in order to build this business and they you're just crushed by the shame and it's like wait a second there's two different kinds of debt here right because they go what about all these things we hear debt is bad i shouldn't have any debt or whatever in the world that they live in today there's almost no way for a person to move forward at that level right without taking on some kind of debt yes. the question is are you spending it on a new car and a television and a motorbike and whatever uh, or are you spending it in, a, in, in information that'll take you in the direction that you want to go? It, it might cost exactly the same, right? Mm -hmm. it, if you spend it in one direction, it locks you down. Because if I spend it on a bunch of junk that is not going to give me anything other than some personalized pleasure because I use it, there's nothing about that stuff that's going to help me move forward. I need to spend it on things that will give me an education so that I can make better decisions so that I can move forward or so that I can develop a skill set or so that I can hire a coach that can actually show me what to do so that I don't spend 10 years trying to do things from the perspective of, and I don't even realize I'm doing it to make myself safe, but actually be able to move forward. That was one of the things that I found that I didn't know that I was doing until I hired Proctor. I thought, and I, and I did, I mean, I made significant, significant uh, movement forward in my success from 1993 uh, until 1999. 
in the company that I was working for. I did a great job with that company. I moved all the way to the top of the company. So that was great, but I had no idea that I was still operating within my own safety bubble. I had no clue. I thought I was way out. Of, I'm way out of it. I'm way outside of this. I'm more successful than anybody who's been in my, in my family. I am way out of this. And it's like, oh, no, you aren't either. And I didn't know that till I started working with Bob. And Bob's challenged me from day one. And from day one, he had me doing things that were so outside of my comfort zone, it just blew me away. But it allowed me to make rapid progress because I was now doing things that made a much bigger difference as far as the results went. Yeah. I think that, you know, you said your emotions, right? We were talking about emotions, how emotions, oh, yeah. how emotions work against you. And nobody likes to feel bad, right? <laughs> like, no. it's not fun to feel bad. It sucks to feel no. bad, no. right? It's like, oh, I feel bad. I don't want to feel bad anymore. How can I feel good? And the, this, like, the terror bearer, what it does is it says, if you step back, you'll feel good. Yeah. It never says if you step through it, you feel good, which actually, guess what? You do. But the whole time that you're at that, you're at that, that edge, that precipice, and you're right in that, right in the, the, the shit, right? You're yeah. like, oh my God, am I doing the right thing? This is the wrong thing. This feels so terrible. I'm so scared. You know, I'm so uncomfortable. The whole time, the message that you're getting is go back, go back, change your mind. Yeah. Go back. You can change your mind. Go back. Yeah. Go back. It never says obviously, because it's meant to keep you safe, right? But you don't ever see that if you just keep going and step through it, that it it goes away. Right. The discomfort goes away. It goes away. And then you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. Right? And then the next hair barrier, and you're there again, and your emotions are saying, go back. Go back. Go back to safety. Don't do it. Just wait another couple of weeks. Just wait until this. Just if, then, when. Just, 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 right? And yeah. tries to get you to go back again. Rather than if you just keep stepping forward, you step through that discomfort and into, into that possibility and you actually feel better emotionally when you're through it than you do when you go backwards. Yeah. The day that I quit my job, I cried. I cried while I was telling the owner of the company that I was leaving, right? I, I was so... I was so like ripped apart inside emotionally. One, I was extremely grateful for them that they gave me all this opportunity to move forward and that it, it was time for me to, to mm -hmm. go, right? Mm -hmm. um, but also part of me inside was going, oh my God, are you making the worst decision of your life? Like he was trying to convince me that I was possibly making the worst decision and I had to keep going with the idea, but I will never know unless I decide, right? Right. It's hard to look back then and go, well, you could always go backwards. You know, you could always go back and do something similar to what it is that you were doing. You've got the skills, you did it. But that's not what your emotions tell you in the moment. You're making the worst decision. And once I made the decision and stepped away from it and started actually doing what it was that I wanted to do, oh my God, it was like this huge weight lifted off of me. Now I had tons of challenges in front of me, but those were more exciting, you know, like it was like, I'm ready. I am, I'm ready for, the, for, these, for all these new challenges. But in the time stuff, it was terrible. It was terrible. I mean, right when you're right on that line of decision, you've got. You oh, know, it sucks so bad. Yeah. It's like, you know what it's like? <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever gone up to the high dive, right? Oh. You climb up there. You, yeah, like, yeah. The, the first pool. time you get yes. to go to the high dive and you're standing up there and you're thinking to yourself, 
Oh my god, I want to get off this fucking high dive. When you look back and there's a whole line of kids down there, you're below, like, I can't go and you're back like, now. You're like, I can't. And everybody's going, just fucking jump, just jump, and you finally let go and you jump, and everything's okay. <laughs> oh, I experienced. I mean, you know, I skydived. Right? Yes, I, I did. I skydived tandem um, many, many, many years ago, but nothing could have prepared me for the onslaught of thoughts. <laughs> that plagued me as I was in this plane yeah, and was climbing higher and higher and we we're getting closer and closer to 12,000 feet. I mean, it was literally like screaming at me. You are so dumb. You are jumping out of a perfectly good plane. Your chute's not going to open. <laughs> Something's going to go wrong. You're going to tumble to your death. You're in a foreign country. Yeah. Like everything's going to go wrong, you, you know? And then, and then you just, I just forced myself to, to jump out that, out the door of that plane. Of course, I had an expert tied to my back right, to make right, sure. It, right. Like I knew there were like five different parachutes and safety fails. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. My brain was still just like, "You right. are the stupidest person on earth. You're you're gonna die." Well, that's, that's all there what, is to it. That's what my dad always used to say. He'd be like, "Why the hell would anybody jump out of a perfectly good airplane?" <laughs> I mean, it's all he would always say. Anytime somebody brought up, "I want to jump out of a plane," why would anybody jump out of a perfectly good airplane? And you would think to yourself. Yeah, I don't know. Why would I do that? Because it's fun. Like, <laughs> I wanted to give myself the experience, you know, and and I have to say that it's probably one of the most memorable memorable experiences that that I've ever had. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was insane to watch myself go through that. And this was when I was, I mean, I was like twenty one, right? I had I was not self aware, right. not very self aware right. at twenty one, and yet I was still like noticing myself. I happened to have it on video. I need to get the video turned into a DVD, but yeah, they took should, video. Um, but just like you have the same experience when you're standing in a line and, you know, getting on a crazy roller coaster, mm -hmm. right? You're convinced that the car is going to fly off the rails and you're, you're going to be like ripped into 50 million pieces, or maybe that's just my brain. But, you know, I mean, the terror barrier is it, it is, it's very, very powerful. And so, you know, now knowing what we know now about what people have to go through to to achieve the success that they really desire yeah. what tony said all those years ago makes perfect sense it's a it's actually it's actually a wonder that only that that many people achieve success right that that we think oh over 80% that's a lot of people that don't achieve achieve success but you look at the the 15% or the the 14% that do, right. that's like, go them. Yep, go them. Go them go because them. they mm -hmm. had to do the things that people, other people weren't willing to do because of that fear. Right. And not just once. No, not just multiple, once. Times. multiple times. It's not like you, you, get, you get to the terror barrier once and you go through it and then it's like incense and peppermints and rainbows, <laughs> right? It's like, right. no, you, you step over the terror barrier, you step through it and you're like, ooh, this is good. And then guess what? Do it it again. comes knocking on your door again and yeah. you got to do it again and then you got to do it again and then you got to do it again. And it just becomes a part of who you are. It just becomes a part of your, right. your growth. It's an opportunity for you, you to learn <laughs> yeah. something new about yourself. Absolutely. Oh, good stuff. Well, I'm really glad that you said yes and uh, stepped through your terror barrier because I would not be here sitting across from you um, leading this amazing <laughs> life. <laughs> Me too. Um, I'm glad had I said you, yes too. You know, had you said no, I mean- we work with a lot of amazing people who who are willing to say yes to themselves. Yeah, and it's so much fun. And the, the things that they change in their life are just so astounding to watch them go on that uh, on that journey. It's it's great to be able to go on that journey with them. It's a fun thing.
Well, and I just want to jump in real quick here too. And I also want to say, had Steph not said yes to you, there's no way in hell I'd have been here because I, I, she had to force me to break through the terror barrier. I thought it was a one and done. I didn't know the terror barrier was multiple things, but that's what you always talk about. New level, new devil. Yeah. And I think that just stuck with me. Um, Before we go, just one more thing. I think the audience wants to know from Steph, how many Australian loggers you had in your system when you decided to jump from a perfectly good airplane. I was stone cold sober. And I will tell you, though, I did not sleep that night because I had so much adrenaline running through my system. I was not prepared. No one said, hey, after you get done skydiving, don't don't plan to sleep because like I did it with three of my girlfriends and none of us slept that night. We were so amped because it was just the most incredible (laughs) rush experience whatever you want to call it, but no, no alcohol. So no that's when the Victoria bitters probably flew was after you yeah. jumped, after yes. you hit the ground. Okay, yes. perfect. No, I think that makes perfect sense. If we ever get that on DVD or when we get that on DVD, are we going to be able to show it to the folks at home? Yeah, sure. That'll yeah. Cause be I did, I sky, I, uh, I jumped out of an airplane over the great barrier reef in Australia when I was on a study abroad program. So that's, that's where so it was. Cool. I was, I was in Australia. Have either one of you seen the, the TikTok video that's going around with the tandem skydivers and, no. and the woman that would be in Steph's position passes out and he's oh. trying to wake her oh. up. And after he wakes, he wakes her up. She freaks out. Oh my God. <laughs> She's freaked. She totally freaks out. It's hysterical. Well, Let's he told me, it. he said, look, if you don't want to pass out, you have to scream. You have to scream when you jump out of the plane or your system's just, I mean, I don't know if this is actually scientifically true, but your system, it's just too much for you to take in and you just like shut down. I was like, screw that. I'm not going through this to pass out and sleep through the whole damn thing. So we jump out of the plane and I scream my head off, never passed out. And then when the chute pulled, it was the most peaceful, beautiful. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, this was, how old am I? Jeez, I was I like, what, like 25 years ago? I mean, I don't know. Like, ago. it was a long time ago. So you've been going like through terror 30, barriers much of your like life. Like 27 years ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it That's was pretty impressive. Amazing yeah. We just surfed the barrier. I love that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like to keep my feet flat on the ground. <laughs> Steph wants me to go skydiving. I think someday I might want to try it. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. You, you've talked about Terror Barry a lot on this show, and we're there's a couple of episodes I want to link to in the bottom. You did one in May of this year called Tackling the Terror Barry that was yeah. really good, and then you did one back before the world changed. Remember January 2020? Yeah. <laughs> that a decade or so ago? When things were normal. Uh, yeah, it was called The Terror Barrier, episode 185. Definitely need to check that one out. Yeah. But um, I'll, I'll go ahead and pull that up and uh, link to those in the show notes. Have any uh, final words before we head out, Steph? David? Nope, no final words for me. Don't let the Terror Barrier stop you. No. Life Keep is going. too good on the other side. It 100%. really is. Yeah, I love that. Keep going. All right, all right. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Successful Mind Podcast, all on the terror barrier. We know that many of you have experienced this, even though you may not be recognizing that that's exactly what it was. We would love to hear about your experiences or even any questions that you have about the terror barrier. Go ahead and comment below and we'll be sure to get back to you. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. If you like what you've heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.